Welcome back to the Crow's Nest. My name is Jackson Shank, alongside my co-host Justin Valenzuela, where today we're going to talk some extensions in the NFL, checking in on some studs in the MLB, and the continued talks of the NBA playoffs, along with our predictions for who will win it all. Justin, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm a little annoyed, but today's been a good day, but I need a Bergen Medical to kind of leave me alone right now. They're spamming my phone. But I want to spin back real quick. Talking about MLB studs and some scrub named Bobby Witt. But other than that, Uh, about right on. The Royal Slander continues on this podcast. Always. But I myself am running on five hours of sleep. I got in today at two in the morning. So that's when I went to bed and then woke up and had a nice 8.15, two and a half hour class. Yeah. What, what, uh, what possessed you to do that to yourself, buddy? Uh, well, it was, like, it was the only flight available. Really? Yeah. There wasn't one like, damn, yeah, they did kind of put you in a tough spot because they didn't open up the can't like they didn't open up the dorms until uh-huh. Monday at four. Yep. But then they expect their students to like be ready for class at eight fifteen on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah so that was fun. Got delayed while going to a connecting flight in Chicago because they had to defrost the plane because it started snowing while we were boarding. Yeah, wonderful time. But let's get into the sports world as we're going to talk some extensions in the NFL. Denzel Ward finally got what he deserved. You know, I I say what he deserved, but Jalen Ramsey deserves to be the highest paid cornerback in no the doubt. league. But... Denzel Ward gets a five-year, $100.5 million contract that is set to kick in about 18 months from now. But regardless, the Browns locking down one of the best cornerbacks in the league to go along with the fact that they've got one of the most vicious defensive ends, they really are just missing a a middle-tier type guy to complete that defense. Yeah, no doubt. I think they definitely need some linebacking help. They have Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, who I think is one of my favorite players in the entire NFL because I love the damn draft. And JLK is one of those prospects that I absolutely fell in love with during the draft process last year. Was a huge advocate for my Jets to pick him up. We didn't, unfortunately, but I love the character. I love the prospect so much. That I've kept up with him and I support him and I root for him on the Browns. I think he's an absolute dog and I think he's a sleeper to break out next year. Not a sleeper, he will break out, but I think he'll make his name a household name next year. That that whole team is just full of studs. You got Watson, you got Cooper, you got Chubb, you got Jedrick Willis, Conklin as tackle, uh, Ninjoku, David Ninjoku. They had also, I was going to say Austin Hooper, but it's David Ninjoku. And then defensively, you got Miles Garrett, who's arguably the best edge rusher in all of football. Yep. You got Denzel Ward, just studs all around. Um, right now, he's the highest paid corner. But the thing that I like about this contract, to be completely honest, is right now he's the highest paid corner. Yeah. But it doesn't kick in 18 months from now. So this contract, honestly, is going to be a bargain. By the time it actually kicks in, because you know Ramsey's getting his due, and then you got guys like Tredavious White who are probably – once Ramsey signs that extension – Kind of like the receiver market right now. Yeah, it's gonna boom a little once, bit. Once that, once Ramsey signs that extension, you're gonna see guys like Tre'Davious White demand more money. I mean, he did just get locked up though, but maybe to some extent Xavier Howard. But you'll see a lot of corners kind of start to demand their money. So this will definitely be a bargain. 
a year and a half from now when it kicks in, I think. Because there's, there's no way a year and a half from now Ramsey's not the highest paid corner in the NFL, right? I mean, that depends on when his contract's up because his contract goes through 2025. Yeah, but so, like, you can always demand. You'd be like, actually, I, I want my money now. Like, yeah, that's true. Make, but give me more money. That all depends on the success of the Rams organization, and they still have to find ways to probably extend Aaron Donald if he continues to play along with Cooper Cup. But, yeah, well, I mean... He might not be getting paid with the Rams, but he will be getting paid at some point. This is true. Anyway, let's pivot to a QB. Derek Carr got his extension for three years, $121.5 million. He got 65 mil guaranteed, so that's half his contract guaranteed. And that will make him the fifth highest paid quarterback on an average annual salary. So... The short-term deals that teams are making are starting to add up to the salary cap more consistently. Yeah. Because you can't stretch that money over, you know, 10 years like the Chiefs do. Which, if we take a look at it, Derek Carr annually is getting paid only $5 million. Or Patrick Mahomes is only getting paid $5 million more annually than Derek Carr is. Which... I mean, I know I praise the Chiefs front office, but damn, that's pretty good. Along with the fact that uh, yeah, just in this fact. well, in this offseason, too, Watson gets signed, and now he's making more annually than Mahomes yeah. and Rodgers. So this giant contract that, you know, you talk to me about all the time is like, oh my gosh, Mahomes taking up all your ca- salary cap. Annually, he's actually not doing too bad compared to yeah, other quarterbacks. Well, no, I totally agree, but... You have to factor in that one. He signed this contract. What is is this going into its third year now of this contract that he has, or is it his second? I think it is his third. Yeah. So he signed this contract three years ago. So, like anything, things change. The quarterback market has changed. So at the time, forty-five million dollars was absurd. But what he did was he set the market. So now we're seeing the market catch up to the standard that he had set. And if anything. To be honest, the fact that Derek Carr is making $5 million less than Patrick Mahomes should kind of concern you. Because God forbid, Mahomes says, whoa, I am not worth $5 million more than Derek Carr, and I am certainly better than Aaron Rodgers. So actually, I want to make $55 million a year. Get it done. So that should, like, it's a double-edged sword because I see where you're coming from, but you have to see it from that other way too. It could end badly. I would like to think Mahomes is that guy that takes that hometown discount wants his team to be better, but I'm sure you thought the same thing about Tyreek Hill and well, where you are now. I mean, yes and no, because I think it all has to pattern off a guy's success, right? Yeah. And in the past couple of years, ever since Mahomes got the contract, you know, he won a Super Bowl, got the contract, and then the past two years, he's played one less game every year. Or, sorry, he's won one less game every year. Lost in the Super Bowl, lost in the AFC Championship game. So until he, you know, really thinks he can demand top tier numbers, well, then okay, let's let's look at it this way too. The two guys making more money above him, Watson has what two playoff wins? Rogers has one ring. Like so, it's like it's not like they're Brady's. Yeah, and they're Ro- like consistently Rod- winning, 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 winning. These are guys that have done less. That's true. Than Mahomes. That's true. But regardless, let's bring it back to Derek Carr, because. 
Yeah, Derek Carr's the one who got extended. Anyway, yeah, he got he got forty point five million dollars a year, and I wanted to uh, pose this question to you, Justin. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams got signed for five years. Right. What does this say about the Raiders organization that they only signed their quarterback for three? To be honest, I- I've seen that note, and I'm not like. I don't know what to think of it. Immediately thinking about it, what comes to the top of my head is just money. Like right now, you know what I'm saying? Like they can they can cross this bridge when it comes. He will be like 34 or 35 whenever it, it ends. Um, and I think Adams, who's a couple years younger than Derek Carr, will be around the same age. So I think maybe that's like their organizational threshold is we don't want to sign guys past 34 or 35. Like 34 35. And, okay. And we'll, when, when they're 34 or 35, if they're still playing to that standard, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Okay. That's what it kind of looks like to me to some extent. Also, Derek Carr took a hometown discount, he claims. So, like, it could be one of those things where he's like, if you make it three years, I can do this number and make it easier for you guys. That's true. I don't know if I would be paying him $40 million a year, though, because he's, he's not a top five. I w- in my opinion, he's not a top. He's not. He shouldn't be a top five annually paid quarterback no, totally, in this league. I totally agree with that. I don't think he's physically a top five quarterback. Yeah. But like what I've come to learn with contracts is you have to look at the future outlook. So we know Lamar's getting paid eventually. That'll bump him down to six. And then you look at these younger guys, Kyler wants his money, that'll bump him down to seven. And then over time, you know, these guys bump him down the pecking order. Um, I'm sure tons of quarterbacks are gonna start to kind of demand money. But forty point five is a lot, but like that's just what you gotta do. That's that's the day and age we live in. And I feel like he's definitely performed as a top 12, top 10 quarterback every year. And his, he's actually got weapons now, you know? like No, yeah, this is this will be his this chance is, to really show what like he's this worth. I feel like this is them banking on him proving that he is a top 5 quarterback more than thinking he's a top 5 quarterback. Yeah, okay. But well, I want to I spin back really quickly before we change gears. Okay. Um, just a little note. The, uh, the Browns, this offseason alone, handed $300 million in guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson and Denzel Ward. That is crazy to me. Yep. They're trying to uh trying to win quickly, I think. I mean, yeah, that's it, just that's so much like It is. That's it is. cash out of your pocket right now. Like yeah, right is. now you sign this contract, we hand you that. That's 300 million dollars worth of that's crazy. Anyway, Justin and I did want to mention this cuz it is on the topic of quarterbacks. We unfortunately lost Dwayne Haskins last week to a, I believe it was a car accident. Fatal car crash, yeah. And that's, you know, it's never something that is fun to talk about at all. It's with young deaths in sports like Jose Fernandez, Sean Taylor, Jordano Ventura, they, these guys who are who are young and up and coming, you know, Dwayne Haskins... He was he was one of the younger guys. He hadn't really gotten a chance to prove himself, but you could tell the impact he made off the field with the reactions by the players. Yeah, he he garnered tons of support. Rest in peace to him. Um, I hope his family's doing well. I feel very sorry for them. It's just something you never ever want to see, and unfortunately, it's a reality that we have. I feel as sports fans, we've been blessed to have kind of minimal sports deaths, as like we only have like three but i'm sure there's more but the problem is it's like you know bottom of the roster guys who unfortunately lose their lives that that don't get as much traction whereas jose fernandez was an ace 
Jordano Ventura was an ace. You know, Sean Taylor was a pro bowler. Um, Dwayne Haskins was a college football phenom, first-round pick. So it's like there is definitely more deaths in sports than we realize, but at the same time, we've been very fortunate, I feel like, to have them minimal. But it is a reality that we have, and it's very unfortunate. It's tough. And with this, I think it only begs the question or maybe answers the question, Steelers are probably going to end up drafting a quarterback this year. I Jury's out on that still to me because I feel like they to, need tackle. Well, I know, but to back up, maybe if they pick somebody like Matt Corral in the second round or if he's whatever, there, if they if go. There. Yeah, exactly. Cause yeah, I mean, the Steelers, the Steelers have a lot to figure out, and I'm most definitely sure this doesn't help whatsoever. Um, they got Money Mitch, though. They got Mason Rudolph. So, I mean, we'll see. It just sucks to see um, some guy with so much potential in him. Uh, taken from us so soon well with that being said we are going to pivot to the mlb uh and yeah let's get right into it so justin this past week i don't want to talk about it vladimir guerrero jr went he i mean he's the only guy i think i think i saw stats have a three homer game followed by a four strikeout game well yeah that's just because he had to deal with the goat Luis Severino, my favorite player on the Yankees right now. Um, but, yeah, he kind of tore us up, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Vladdy had a huge game, so congrats to him on the hat trick of three homers. Yep. Speaking of three homers, Otani in his past couple games has grown out of a slump as he homered three times. I saw something on social media where it was like ever since he gave CPR to his bat, he's batting like 340 with a couple homers. and That's crazy. Baseball I, is such a crazy sport. Like something stupid weird, like man. that. Like Aaron Judge has a sneaky suspicion that he has where it's like if he has a, if he's chewing a piece of gum, um, I can't remember the exact thing, but it's either he's chewing a piece of gum and he gets a hit, he can't stop chewing that piece of gum and he can't add anymore. But if he doesn't get a hit, he has to add another piece of gum and keep chewing it. That's crazy, man. And, like, he does that every single game. And, I mean, that would explain the jawline because homie's got a jawline. But like, Homie does have a jawline. Players love, like, I'm sure there's players that, like, not, if I don't get a hit, I can't change my socks. <laughs> like, so just weird <laughs> no, stuff it's like base- that. Baseball's that superstitious. Yeah. But, like, going back to Otani, like, all of opening weekend and the week of the first week of baseball, he was in that slump. And I was in Jackson's ear. I was like, yo, we should talk about Otani in a slump. Could it be could he be a fluke? Da, 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 da. Not to be a hater, but just to, you know, have a talking point. But we said we, we both sat down and we said, if he's still in a slump after Easter break, we will talk about it. And during Easter break, explodes onto the scene, three home runs in two games, two home runs in one game. So love to see it because he is most definitely the face of baseball. Yep. One of the one of the many young faces in baseball moving forward. So it's great to see him kind of getting it going, uh, getting it moving. I would love to see the Angels be a good team because I think Mike Trout deserves a ring. No doubt in my mind. He unfortunately got hit the other day and got injured. Did you see that? Did he? I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, he had a slider that came in on him, and he turned into it rather than away. Mm-hmm. I think it fractured something in his hand because oh, he took sucks. it. He that's took like it. a month at least. Well, they said he was day to day, so hopefully oh, he's back. He's not human. Yeah, hopefully he's back sooner than later. Fracture a bone in my hand. I'm taking three months disability. <laughs> but let's talk about someone who could actually be the face of the league, and that's Hunter Green. This kid 
was talked about in articles as, you know, the MJ of the Reds organization when they drafted him. This kid at 22 years of age set the record for most pitches thrown in the game over 100 miles an hour with 39. Wild. Justin, he did that in five and a third innings. That's crazy. He gave and How he many did, pitches total did he throw, do you know? I'm not entirely sure. But probably around 90. You know so who you know who like he was pitching than... against? The Dodgers. Yeah. That's He wild. gave up he gave up two runs on a two-run shot by Trey Turner and that's at, that was the moment that they pulled him uh midway through the 5th inning or 6th inning. And man, to that's see electric. to see a, just a flamethrower cuz I mean, you you can only throw a pitch for so long until somebody catches up to it, a fastball. But, man, to see a guy what is just be able to know? throw it that much, I mean, it's just gas. Like No, but like, do you know it's like fastball what? So he throws fastball, curveball, slider, changeup. So he's got a plethora of pitches. Mm-hmm. But the excitement, Justin, is in that, you know, 101, 102 fastball. Because... Yeah. It's one thing to throw for two, three pitches in a row, 101 or whatever. Wait, wait. So does he throw, you said fastball, slider, curveball, changeup? Yeah. Imagine getting hit with like a 101, 102 fastball. And then like, like an up 80. Up and in. Yeah. And then an 80 curveball down the way. Uh-huh. Like, or a slide. Like, oh my God. Something to keep you just completely off balance. That is filthy. Yeah. So the the range of his pitches, let's talk about that real quick. Fastball, 94 to 100. Well, over 100 now. 77 to 80 on the curveball. Yikes. 84 to 87 on the slider. 85 to 87 on the change. So there was literally like a 10 to 13 mile per hour difference, difference yeah. in his fastball and everything else. Yep. So he could throw he That's deadly, to be honest. Throw a fastball and then any other your pitches is thir- 10 to 13 off. Yeah, and at the same time, you could start them. You could start a count off with an 87 mile an hour changeup. And then, you know, if that lands in for a strike and I had the arm that that guy that that guy has, I'd give him two pitches to catch up and I just hum fastball straight at him. Yeah. So Hunter Green, just an exciting pick for the Reds. He's now in the league. Yes. Along with kind of like that DeGrom situation. Hope he can stay healthy because man is just an absolute flamethrower. The Reds love their flamethrowers. So they They do. Chapman, who. Chapman, <clears throat> please get it together, bro. I can't <laughs> I can't live in a society where the Yankees are actually a bad baseball team. I've never experienced this before, Jackson. Wow. I know it's early. I, wow. know it's, I know it's April. You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? This man is spoiled. I've never, ever. But, like, okay, yeah, I'm spoiled, but, like. Too bad. I, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. Too bad. We're no, gonna... no, 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 no. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that to me, okay? Okay. Jackson, your Royals, they suck. Well, the Royals got a win against the Tigers the other night in which Bobby Witt Jr. recorded his first multi-hit game. He was a key factor in creating the initial start to the Royals run in that game as he got a double to start off the third inning, I believe, came around to score, and then in the sixth, came back up to bat, got a base hit, and Hunter Dozier, who had a huge day at the plate, uh, hit a two-run bomb that brought the Royals ahead 3-1, to and that was the 
final score of that game. So Royals won three to one. Bobby Witt recorded his first multi-hit game. What a stud! Big Bobby Witt podcast. Give it up, Give it up for Bobby. <laughs> Speaking of studs, uh, Freddie Freeman. Guy's been on an absolute tear as of late. I think he's batting somewhere around three thirty. He's got five or six doubles already in the season. And man hits his first home run in Dodger blue facing his former team, the Braves, in his first at-bat against the Braves. <sighs> Baseball's yeah. beautiful. Well, yeah. We Be could. happy for him, Justin. Oh, Be I'm, happy I'm for him. I'm so happy for him. I'm just like, could have had Freddie. Instead, we got old silverhead Joshy Donaldson. Hear me out, though. Baseball is such a beautiful sport. Be, and oh, yeah. that is why Freddie Freeman, first homer as a Dodger in his first A-B against his former team. Let's get into the NBA playoffs and our pick for champion. All right, Pelicans made an incredible fourth quarter comeback, but they lost the first game to the Suns. No surprise. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. Pelicans had been, Overmatched. they were, dude, they went on an absolute tear in the yeah, playing yeah, tournament. No, so yeah. shout out to them. Yeah, I mean, killing it. Just get your foot in the door. They're a young team. You got BI. Mm-hmm. CJ McCollum's not young, but I mean, you get Zion hopefully back next year if he wants to play for you guys. Um, you know, you get that young nucleus of guys, some playoff experience. I think it was a very respectable effort. Uh, it was a sizable loss, but definitely a respectable effort. One ten ninety nine. You're just you're an eight seed playing the best team in the and, West. Like, yeah, and to lose by eleven. That's, that's really that's not that bad. I mean, I, I obviously you want to see your team win, but you have to be kind of semi realistic as a fan. So I yep. I would be pretty happy with the effort your guys put in. And then speaking of respectable efforts, um, shout out to the Hawks. Made me look pretty smart. They um, did. I knew Ice Trey. He's been he's been that guy. He's him. But once again, overmatched by a much better team. They are no match for the Heat easily. Game one, one fifteen to ninety one. Just yikes. It's a gross loss. But I mean, Trey showed some grit. Love to see it. Yeah, Trey had, Trey had a beautiful shot. I mean, he's he is a franchise guy. Hopefully they don't piss him off and he wants to leave, but they gotta build a team around him. They do. And, and they, they gotta got, get it done by next year. And they, I think they gotta make it a physical team. Like Trey yeah. Trey's the type of guy who likes the heat on him. Yeah, he likes to be the villain. So get some if they could guys. If they could get kind of like a Shaq guy who's like big, knuckleheaded, and like tough on him, you know, you know I think who, it would uh, make him better. You know who is big, kind of knuckleheaded, kind of goofy though, who might be on the move? Mr. Zion Williamson. Ooh. Ooh. Trey and that, Zion? Dude, that'd that would be, go dumb. That'd be exciting. That would be super fun. Honestly, I would love to see Zion in A-Town. Screw the Knicks. Never go to the Knicks. Same with Donovan Mitchell. Please don't go there. It's where you will go to die. I love you. I love watching you play. I would hate to see you on the Knicks. But Zion, man, go to Atlanta, bro. Shout out A. ATL. Go Go check him out. That would be awesome. Anyway, let's check in on the Sixers because they have been off to a hot start. As you know, you, you talked about how close this matchup would be and how tough it would be to pick. Made me look dumb. Sixers... They have been dominating. I mean, Embiid stepped on Scotty Barnes's foot and injured him in Game One, so that was a it tough was a, loss I for hate the Raptors. Embiid. I don't like Embiid, but it was unintentional. But man, you know, they're winning on an average seventeen and a half points. Yeah, crazy. That's pretty good. Yeah, no. I mean, half of the series is done at this point. Uh, yep. I, I maybe the Raptors steal one. Probably going to be over in four or five. Um, to to the Sixers' credit, the Raptors had their number. 
I don't think the Sixers beat the Raptors in the regular season. And if they did, it was once. I'm pretty sure the Raptors either swept or won the series 3-1. So they had their number, and what they would do is they would double and bead down low. But, I mean, credit to the Sixers, they figured a way out around it. So Doc yep. Rivers maybe not as bad of a coach as everyone thinks. Maybe. We'll have to see. Or Nick Nurse is just overrated. Speaking of good coaches, Timberwolves, huge win for the T-Wolves as they huge. hop out to a 1-0 start against the Grizzlies as, dude, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns combined for literally half of the T-Wolves' points with 65. That's wild. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if it's sustainable, though. It It isn't, but at the same time, Anthony Edwards is a great player. Cat is a great player. And like I said earlier, the Timberwolves, like, they might they may not have, against the Grizzlies at least, the best player on the court, but they have the second best, the, and third, the third best, best, and the fourth best, D'Angelo Russell. Okay. So, like, obviously D'Lo had a very, very bad game in the first game, but he's still a very, very respectable point guard. You have you can't just leave him open, you know? And he's actually the Timberwolves' best closer, statistically. So that just goes to show his value to the team. But the Timberwolves, I mean, they're a young, exciting team. Same with the Grizzlies, but the Timberwolves, I think, have some veteranship over the Grizzlies just because of Carl Anthony Towns. He's been around for so long, even though he's only like 24, 25. And Pat Bev. Yeah, pa- oh, yeah, Pat Beverly. I think he's the X factor of the series. You think so? Just a, He's just a, such a good defensive yeah, player. So like, and I'm pretty sure the Timberwolves have Jay Crowder too. No, not Jay Crowder. Um, Torian Prince. Sorry. Okay. Torian Prince. Yeah, I got them mixed up. So they, they were both Jets, uh, Nets at one point. But um, Torian Prince is, you know, a veteran too. He's 27, 28. He's been there before. And I don't even think the Grizzlies have a single guy that has been there before. And we're talking about two, three guys that are on the Timberwolves that have been there before. And I think that's going to be the X factor kind of difference. These kind of bench players that just know what they're doing because they've been there before. So that's why I said Timberwolves are going to win, and I'm sticking with it. I think Timberwolves win this series. We're going to have to see because it's going to take a lot of firepower. They came out with a great win. You know, like we talked about, A-Rod's in a wonderful market. Mm -hmm. So good job on him for finding the the hidden gem that is the T-Wolves. And we'll see if they can continue to play at that level because – we didn't really see Ja Morant shine too much in the first game yeah, as he slowly, he's progressing. Well, he had a great first half, and then I think he shot like one for ten. Yeah, exactly. So he's, so he's progressing back from injury. So we'll have to see how that stretches out over the series. But, but that's kind of not a good sign, to be honest. If no, pro- it's not. If he's progressing back and he's burning no, out in the second yeah, half. Yeah, in a time when you need it. Exactly. Yeah, not he even could, that, but I'm just saying you got to manage his minutes better. No, that's if, true. If he's burning out, it's because he's not fully recovered. That's true. So you got to manage his minutes a little bit better to really optimize and bring the best game that he has. So, we'll see. Yeah, so the Jazz have gone 1-1. One and one with, Did Luka come back in game 2? No. Jalen Brunson dropped 41 though. Yeah, that's, he had a, he had a huge he had a huge game, but man, for the Jazz not to hop on, yeah, and like and get a two zero lead yeah. with the Mavs' best player out, yeah, that's, that's really it's bad. Not a very encouraging sign either, because they barely won the first game without yep. Luca. Now you got Luca coming back in a one one series. Not like if they were up two zero because Luca wasn't there. Like you could argue, oh, they didn't deserve to win the series because Luca wasn't healthy, but they won just because they had that two game edge. Yeah, it's hard exactly. to come back down two zero, but one one, it's anyone's game, and I'm willing to bank on. The better player on the better oh, team. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah.
All right, so Steph played in the first game of the series, the Warriors series, and he was six-man last night as they've slowly managed to get his minutes back in. He went ham last night, but dude, Jordan Poole, out of nowhere. He's a dog. Out of nowhere. He's dropped 59 through two games. They're wondering, is this the, the hidden third splash, brother? Whoa. Who knows, man? Who knows? Oh, dude, I would. That would be awesome. To be honest, like you just got you got Curry, you got Thompson, and then you got Jordan Poole. Who, to be honest, this is out of nowhere, only because when Curry was out, the Warriors were like completely irrelevant. No, and that yeah. just goes to show that the popularity that Curry has. But Jordan Poole was doing like absurd things. I remember seeing him occasionally on um on like NBA on Instagram and stuff like that. But no, I can totally agree with you because they were digging up old highlights of Jordan Poole. And I saw one today where he literally went like in between two defenders. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Went in between his legs and then back through his legs (laughs) to catch it and had the finish at the rim. So this guy has been, you know, hidden from us, obviously overshadowed by the Curry name and the fact that, you know, when we think of the Warriors... The first name that pops your head is Steph Curry. Steph Curry, and that's that's how it's going to be for like the next fifty to hundred years. No, it is, but so Jor- influential. But me. Jordan Poole now coming in huge, yeah, like exactly huge. when He's the like, Warriors needed. This is it. like this is like the when you go on championship runs, somebody has to step up mm-hmm. always, and this is to me seemingly the guy that's going to step up, and he's going to be the difference between being a Western Conference Finals bounce. Or a guy that drops 30 in a game six to send the Suns home or whatever. You know, whoever yep. they're playing and go to the finals. So I think it's great that he's emerging right now. And now's a perfect time to get hot. No better time to get hot right when the playoffs start. Even though he's been hot, he's just been, like you said, hidden from us. So Warriors are very scary. Very, very scary. I'm telling you, man, teams that can find just miraculous ways to score in this league are so dominant. Teams that average, you know, 125, 130, 135 a game. Ridiculous. It's it's disgusting. But anyway, we were wrong about yes. one thing in that series, and that was Draymond Green. Draymond Green has been playing electric defense against Nikola Jokic and literally last night got him ejected from the game. Yeah, and they're, you, they're blowing them out, yeah, too. Yeah, they're, like, they're winning big time. They're holding Jokic to, like, an, an average stat line, you would say. Yep. And they're blowing the hell out of one of the most formidable teams in the entire West. Just very impressive. And as a Nets fan who has title aspirations, very, very scary. Very, very scary. All right. Speaking of your Nets, let's talk about that buzzer. Damn, <sighs> Justin. Jason Tatum. Celtics hero. Yeah. I mean... who. Found a way. I mean, honestly, honestly, those last five seconds were incredible to watch. Yeah, well, the the last offensive possession for the Nets to put the game away, we were up 113, 112, whatever it yep, was. Yep, you're up one. Yeah. Um, horrible offensive possession. Katie threw up an absolute brick as the shot clock expired, mm-hmm. followed by an even worse defensive possession. That was the worst defense I think I've ever seen from the Nets all year. But, I mean, maybe I'm just stupidly optimistic. Katie had his worst game as a Net. On Sunday, no doubt about it. Everyone agrees that's that are Nets fans at least. That Maybe. obviously is not going to happen again. Um, 
the, the Celtics played their absolute best and beat us on a buzzer beater. We had our best player have the worst game in a Nets uniform and lost by one. That's isn't that, like, isn't that crazy to think he had 23 points and played one of his worst games? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, he shot horribly, though. Like, Yeah. Yeah, so I Man, mean, thank God Kyrie was playing well. Holy yeah, cow! So yeah, you. But Otherwise, honestly, you guys. The the argument is like, oh yeah, Kevin Durant had his worst game, but Kyrie went off. Because like when I when you say like the half glass full, like we played one of our worst games, they played one of their best, they beat us on a buzzer beater. You're like no, but Kyrie went off. Did he though? I get. Look I at mean, no. Do me a favor. Look at his stat lines real quick. Just like through the last like. 10, 15 games. Well, you can't. This is you can't. I mean, you can't. That's a small sample size, and I know what you is mean. Is it though? This well, is this is what Kyrie does. Kyrie does this on a consistent basis. I guess that's that was a pretty true. At, like not an average game. Obviously, he was elite, but thirty. Kyrie, I was gonna say thirty nine. No, no, no. Points, yeah, it's, dude. It's, yeah, it sounds bad, but like Kyrie is elite. So when an elite no, player I mean, does this on a consistent basis, kind of gets average, in my opinion. I, Not that the play I don't, itself I don't is think, average. I don't think you can say that. But anyway, I want to switch things over to the Celtics side of things because have we to have to get credit yeah, where credit to, no is doubt. due. Because they had such a balanced attack in this game, whether it be from Al Harford, Jalen Brown, or Marcus Smart, which, shout out to him. Yeah, I was just about to say. Defensive player yeah, of the year. Out. Congrats to Marcus Smart. I was incorrect. I thought it was going to go to Giannis. But, I don't even, yeah. I don't even know and then you got uh, Jason Tatum, who obviously topped things off with a team-high 31 and a team-high 8 assists. So... We're gonna have to see, man. Obviously, I think, yeah. it's it's more dependent on on more Celtics players performing at a at an elite level than the Nets because seemingly, I mean, KD had a KD had a poor game. I guess you could say he had twenty three points. Still, yeah. it was just he had Bruce Brown didn't shoot well for thirty seven minutes, yeah. and neither did Seth Curry for thirty re- minutes. It was so, really just Kyrie that kind of carried us. But with that said, yeah. I have to swallow my pride really quickly. I predicted Nets in five, and this isn't like a me backpedaling thing. I just I have no I have no choice but to give credit where credit is due. The Celtics it's it's a six or seven game series, no doubt. The Celtics are very good, and I kind of didn't realize that. Like I knew they were a good team, but at the same time, when I watched the Celtics, I watched like the first half of the season Celtics. Yeah, and they weren't they weren't amazing. I, yeah, I, I hadn't actually watched them when they were on their And that's that's what I talked about. Yeah, they're they're like, 20 to 3 run are, at the end of the season and you talk an about, team. you know, when teams get hot like the Warriors, it's it's so important. And yeah. I think one of the biggest things this team is unlike any other because of how physical they are in the paint. I mean, if you look yeah, at the spread in this in this series or in this first game, they had 14 more rebounds than the Nets did. Nine more offensive. And they had, oh my gosh, 24 more points in the paint. So don't get me wrong. The Nets can hit the three ball. They shot 45%. But if you live by it, you die by it. This is true, right? So they they shot 46%, okay? And, you know, it, it's ju- it just goes to show, I mean, when it comes to field goals, the Celtics had a chance to shoot 11 more. They shot 6% less, but they shot 11 more. So the more opportunities they get, the yeah, more no the more chances there are for that ball to fall in the basket. So shout out to the Celtics, man. I mean, I, I'm, I was trying to tell you, Justin, these guys, they're, they're scary. The green, I know, they're scary. The green like, are coming at you. And honestly, the fact that they're scary makes me scared because this is a physical matchup. Mm-hmm. You go through the Celtics, very physical. Yep. 
if you win, your go consolation the is the Bucks. Very, Very physical. physical. And if you win that, your consolation is most likely the Philadelphia 76ers. Very, very physical. physical. So mm-hmm. I think the the East, like the West, has better teams, but the East is a tougher matchup, more of grit and grind. It's like a street fight. Yeah, but like, oh, by the finals, are you too worn out or are you battle tested? That's true. You like, I don't know. I really don't know, because like Kevin Durant, great player, is can he can he handle the physicality? I don't know. Can Kyrie Irving handle the physicality? I don't know. I don't know. I'm very scared, Jackson, but I think we can do it. Is that your prediction for champion? This is the New York Nets? It's Brooklyn, baby. The Brooklyn Nets, excuse um, me. Yeah. I can't switch up on my boys. I can't switch up on them like that. If you were to have a non, you know, obviously your team, you're going to root for them to win it. I just, dude, Kyrie Irving is a master class player. And I truly believe Kevin Durant is the best player in the Eastern Conference. So, and I mean, Kyrie Irving's the best point guard in the East. Yeah. Kevin Durant is the best player in the East. Why can't they win the East? That's how I see it. Well, that's your pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with mine, and it's kind of been since, I want to say, the start of the season. And although it's a bandwagon pick, it's about time. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are are gonna win, and I think it's just it just comes down to one. They've been there before. Yeah. Two, they've played physical teams before. Three, they're gonna have to go through high shooting teams as well. Yeah. So although you have the mix of you know, Western Conference is very shooter heavy, whereas Eastern Conference is very bully street fight physical. Mm-hmm. I think that gives them the advantage because they've played both styles of teams. Obviously, coming in as the one seed, they get to face the Pelicans first. They can really start to establish their offense, tune up for it, and then go dominate whoever they play next. So I really think they can pull it out. And I would say just because of how they're playing right now, the team I would fall behind next would be the Warriors. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, bold to say the Suns, because I got war. There's no way the Warriors don't come out of the West, in my opinion. They're just, like, yes, the Suns have been there before, but the Warriors been doing that before. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, like Curry, Thompson, Draymond, they have been doing this. Like, the Suns were there last year. Mm-hmm. Warriors weren't, but, like, 2015 through 2019, the Warriors were them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get it. And I think this is the year they kind of bounce back. They had to take a year off. Curry broke his hand, whatever. But this is the year for them, I think, to come back and really show what dynasty they really are. And, like, ooh, Warriors, that's, that would be a fun finals. It would be. But we will have to see. Because mm. that'll be the end of this episode for the Crow's Nest. Nice episode as we get back into Dang. things after break. But for Justin Valenzuela... My name is Jackson Shank, and we will see you all next time.